listening to the Yogi Fuel podcast, the podcast where we share the knowledge of yoga and Ayurveda mixed with modern science to help you learn and embody ancient wisdom in a practical way to optimize your health, deepen your spiritual practice, and step into your peak potential. I'm your host, Mel Singh. Welcome to the podcast. What I want to share about today and what I want to support you with today is in understanding the best meditation practices if you're experiencing stress, anxiety, and overwhelm. And spoiler alert, there is no one best practice. There really is ultimately the practice that works for you. Um, But what I want to share with you today are some tips and some things to think about if you are, you know, struggling with stress, anxiety, overwhelm, you're wanting to step into more, you know, calm, vibrant energy. You want to feel in control of your mind. I want to share some uh, tips with you because I know that for me, when I started my meditation journey, there are so many different styles of meditation out there. Even within Ayurvedic and Vedic meditation, there is no one size fits all. That's the point. Meditation was often taught directly from teacher to the student, depending on what that student needed. Depending on, you know, from an Ayurvedic lens, what are the doshas, what are the energies that are present within that student? And so it can be very helpful to work directly with a mentor. Um, It can be very helpful to get external guidance and support. But what I feel really passionate about is when we understand Ayurveda, like this is why I do what I do. When we understand the foundations of Ayurveda, we can understand how to apply that wisdom to our meditation practice. So when we understand the different energies, the different elements, how they're existing, how they're manifesting in our body, we can then use that wisdom to understand what type of meditation practice would be best suited for us. And so if this is something that you're keen on, if this is something that you're interested in going deeper into, um, we do have a standalone meditation course called the Presence Project. And this essentially walks you through the Vedic methodology of meditation, you know, infusing Ayurveda and helping you to understand a little bit more deeply about what style of meditation would be best for you, how to embody and implement and integrate a daily meditation practice into your life, um, and going over some of the different meditation techniques that there are within the Vedic Ayurvedic realm of meditation. And so if you're keen and curious on that, I highly recommend that you go and you take a look at the presence project. I will link that here in this video. I will link that here in this podcast. If you're listening to it via podcast, but it's a really thorough, Um, yet simple introduction to meditation from a Vedic lens that will be very supportive. We've had fabulous feedback about it as well. Um, So if that is something you're interested, you can definitely go ahead and take a look at that. Um, So I want to focus really on three sort of key things to keep in mind when we think about the best meditation for stress and anxiety and ultimately, and really the best meditation for you, forget stress and anxiety, the best meditation for you. Um, I think the number one thing that it all boils down to for me, and I kind of already said this, but I'll just reiterate it again, is understanding our current state the current state of our nervous system, the current state of our doshas, the current state of the gunas within our body and mind continuum. When we can understand and we're attuned to, and we are aware of what is showing up for us right now in this moment, and we understand how those energies are at play, 
And then we get the Ayurvedic principle of, I call this the secret sauce, by the way, the secret sauce of like attracts like and opposites balance. We can intelligently choose practices that are going to support us in creating deeper levels of balance that is available to us all the time. So even though one of the things I'm going to recommend to you is having a consistent daily practice, I'm a big believer in sadhana and daily devotional practice and doing a practice that's pretty similar every single day that cultivates this like ritual. We can use Ayurvedic wisdom to modify those practices in a way that is going to be supportive for us. So I'm going to give you an example that I hope will be really helpful. If we think of it from the perspective of say the nervous system or the gunas, okay, I'll talk the language of the gunas and language of the nervous system as well, because what's really cool to me that makes me so excited because I'm like a yoga and science nerd is that the gunas of sattva, rajas, and tamas seem to parallel the nervous system. And we can just like roughly think of this in a sense of like, if the nervous system is like overstimulated, okay? Or it's really rajasic. There's like a lot of movement in the nervous system. Well, there's a particular type of practice and way that we want to approach our practice that would be a little bit different than if the nervous system was really dull, was really down, was maybe more into that parasympathetic or more tamasic, right? When we are feeling super heavy and super tired and super unmotivated, a, an overly like grounding practice, a practice which is too calming, it, it's not really going to be supportive for us if we're in that sort of, I don't want to say dark space, but if we're in that deep sort of heavy space, right? And if we're in a rajasic state, we, we don't necessarily, like a, an overstimulated state, we don't necessarily want to be doing, you know, a really like... Um, intense practice that's really stimulating, right? Because there are meditations that are in practices that are, you know, designed to get us out of tamas. And there are practices that are designed to get us, you know, to calm us down from rajas. Okay. And I'm going to go off here um, for a second, but in the Ayurvedic model, and this is the super cool thing, right? Is that the, the model of shifting the, the goal of yoga and Ayurveda and meditation, which is a later sort of, let's call it stage in the, in the eight lived, you know, path of yoga. The goal of this process is to cultivate sattva, right? So we have tamas, which is like dull, heavy rajas, which is everywhere. Sattva, which is calm, pure, and balanced. And so sometimes people mistake sattva for tamas, right? If you're feeling unmotivated, heavy, lethargic, can't move, just like, eh, you know, mm, tired, you feel calm, but actually you're a bit cloudy. That, that's a good way of thinking about it. Like a cloudy sky that's like calm, that's not sattva. So we need to move from tamas. The only way to get to sattva, we can't just go from tamas to sattva. We have to move through rajas. Okay. So this is a really integral and important thing to understand about like the process of yoga, about the process of moving into a calm, clear, you know, sort of state of being is that we need to first, if we're in a state of tamas, we need to break up the tamas by moving through rajas. And then once we're there, we don't want to stop. We want to calm. We want to calm that rajas. We want to calm that movement. And what's super cool is you actually see this in the eight limbed path of yoga is that we start with asana. We start with waking up the prana. We start with waking up the body. And then slowly the limbs move us into a more internalized state of being, right? We move from this like stuck state of being into movement and then back into this calm state of being. 
And so we can use that methodology within our meditation practice as well. We can do seated practices that are more, you know, that are going to get us out of um, tamas. These might be breath practices, right, that we do prior to our meditation practice. They could be more active forms of meditation, like an asana. They could be walking practices. We could just be, you know, incorporating a little bit of movement into our practice, right? So doing things that are going to get us out of that tamasic state. And then if we are rajasic, which many of us are, very rajasic. If we look at the world and like what's happening right now, there's so much movement. There's so much chaos that's like going on all around us, right? What we want to do in that case is we want to take that energy. We want to harness it, right? And so in the case of rajas, we want to do things which are going to calm the nervous system and things that are going to settle those thoughts. Okay. I feel like I went on a bit of a tangent here, but I hope that was helpful in, in helping you understand if the nervous system is too down-regulated, if it's too low and heavy and ugh, we're unmotivated, we want to jack it up a little. We, we actually want to stimulate a little bit. And if the nervous system is too hyperactive, we want to calm it down. Okay. And there are a variety of different meditation techniques that we can use. And again, this is something we go deeper into in the presence project. We go even deeper inside of um, embodied Ayurveda. So if you're curious about learning this and how to really make it work for you, please don't hesitate to reach out or go and take a look at, I'll have these, those in the, in the show notes as well here, but that is something that we want to understand and we want to work toward doing. Okay. Um, so that's sort of tip number one is understand where you are, right? What are the energies, elements, qualities? What is the state of your nervous system? You know, and how is that manifesting in this reality? What are the qualities and how can we balance out those qualities and how can we invite that, that balancing energy into our practices? Um, the second thing that I think is really, really worth noting, and this is something I struggled with for sure. When I first started meditating is sometimes people think, well, actually, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to get real down into the nitty gritties of meditation, meditation is actually a state of being. Okay. So one of my teachers, Dr. David probably talks about meditation proper. Okay. So meditation proper is like, we've actually done all this preliminary work. Like if you look at the limbs of yoga, okay, we have yamas and niyamas. This is, this is like ways of being and living. We've got asana, we've got pranayama, pratyahara. Then we have dharana, which is concentration, okay? So first and foremost, actually what we're really practicing is concentration. And at some point we kind of, we, we reach a state of, of almost, I mean, this would be technically like samadhi where we're super absorbed into the state, into the thing that we're focusing on. But meditation is that state of being where we have this one pointed focus and it's as though nothing else really exists. Okay. However, the, the challenging thing is that it's very hard for us to get into that state. It takes a lot of practice. Okay. It takes a lot of practice to be someone who can deeply concentrate on something enough that no other thoughts arise. And we're just kind of one with that object. Right. So meditation proper is actually a state of being that arises as a result of concentration on something over a period of time. So what you need to think about is that meditation is not just like sitting down and emptying the mind that I'm telling you right now, especially if you are rajasic, if you've got that rajas, if your mind is going all over the place, if you've got lots of stress and anxiety and worries, your mind is not just going to empty. Okay. We actually need to focus the mind on something a mantra, the physical body, our breath. There are, again, a variety of techniques that we go over inside of EA and the Presence Project, but we need to focus the mind on something, okay? And a really great story that I was uh, told once was, it was this analogy, I'm gonna keep it really short and simple for you, but this analogy of um, there was a village man in you know a village somewhere in India and he had an elephant. And each day he would ride his elephant to work and he would go through this village 
And every day that elephant's like mischievous trunk would go and it would swipe a banana and it would swipe some fruits. And he was just like, oh my God, like I need to get this. I need to get this elephant's trunk under control. What can I do? And so he thought about it and he said, okay, I'm going to give this elephant a stick to hold. And when he holds that stick, he's going to be so focused on holding the stick. He's not going to be able to, you know, reach for all the other things. And so the story goes that he gave the elephant that stick and the elephant, you know, never reached for the bananas again. He never reached for other things. He was so focused on that thing. Okay. And so our mind, we've all heard like monkey mind, right? We have this like mischievous mind that wants to wander. It wants to latch onto these ideas, limiting beliefs, these samskaras that come up, you know, this, I'm not good enough. These, you know, whatever patterns, right? Our mind wants to kind of go there. And so if we want to calm those fluctuations, those vrittis, if we want to still those fluctuations, we need the mind to have something to focus on. Okay. And so we can focus it on, like I said, a mantra, you know, our breath, our body, whatever it is. Again, there's different things depending on what it is. And again, we can even go deeper into an Ayurvedic perspective. Can you focus on a mantra that is dosha pacifying? Can you focus on an element that is dosha pacifying? We can really go deeper into all those things. Ultimately, it's super individual. It's super unique. It depends what it is that you need, right? We could go into gods and goddesses. Anyways, I could go on about this, but I think you're seeing what I'm getting here is that we can be, we want to focus the mind on something and we can do that in a way that's going to keep in mind the energetics of what's happening. And I think the, the last thing, so that's sort of piece number two. Okay. So piece number one is we want to be mindful of what's happening in our, you know, in our body, mind, and energy. Number two is we want to focus the mind on something. We're not just sitting there trying to like not think of anything. That's, you're going to feel like you're doing it wrong. You're going to feel like, oh my God, I suck at this when actually you don't suck at it. It's just that that's, that's not how you do it. You're, you know, you're not using the correct technique. Um, and then the, uh, the third thing is we want to really focus on consistency and devotion over duration. Yeah. So a lot of times we think, and even in, in ancient Ayurvedic texts, they recommend meditate twice a day for 30 minutes. I will tell you right now, I do not meditate twice a day for 30 minutes. I am a mother to a very active, tiny human being. That is a lot. That is a lot to do. I think it's something that's worth striving for as we work and as we go down this path, for sure. I can definitely see the enormous benefit, but I think that that makes meditation feel inaccessible to people in the beginning. And in my experience, five minutes is better than nothing. So rather than giving ourselves these unrealistic expectations and ideals that I need to meditate for this amount of time because this ancient text said it, let's start with where we're at. Let's start with consistency and devotion over duration, right? With the ritual over the result of it being this amount of time. We want to really, really root into that routine and that ritual above and beyond what it is that we get out of it. Okay. So start and knowing too, and I think where this is important is because in the beginning, my gosh, 15 minutes, 20 minutes feels like a long time. It's a long time for your mind to concentrate. Think about if you were going to start running, you wouldn't just start with 10 K you would start with like, I don't know, however much you could do. I don't know, maybe 10 minutes or five minutes of, of running or whatever it is, right? We want to build ourselves up and we want to set ourselves up to succeed, not set ourselves up to feel like, oh my God, we're, you know, failing or we're struggling at this. Right. So those are the, and so let me just like bring it back and recap all the things that we talked about. There is no one like best meditation for you. There is only what serves, what serves you. What serves your unique mind-body constitution in this moment? What is going to be the best? What is going to be serving that? What can we focus on that's going to create the most balance and alignment for you? And how can we 
create a ritual, a routine, a way of being around it, that again, that makes sense for you. Because maybe there are some people listening to this who do have 30 minutes in the morning and the evening. If so, hell yes, go for it. But for some of us, there is not. So we need to be mindful of doing the work and knowing that even a little bit is better than nothing at all. So like I said, if you are curious about going deeper into this, I really do recommend the Presence Project. It is fantastic. It is you know, probably one of the most affordable ways to work with us. I will put that link in here somewhere as well so you can go and take a look. Um, in that course, we focus specifically on meditation, looking at it through an Ayurvedic and Vedic lens. We have, you know, over 25 different meditations to choose from. I guide you through the whole process and, and how to sort of align yourself with the practices that would be best for you. Um, so definitely go and take a look at that. But if you're curious about the entire system, right? Like for me, when I think back to why I created Yogi Fuel and, you know, Embodied Ayurveda, it was that meditation doesn't exist as like a standalone modality, right? If we want to experience more calm and energy and alignment and like deeper connection to like ourselves and, and source and consciousness, meditation doesn't exist in its little bubble. It exists as a part of a greater system. Part of that system is movement. Part of that system is Ayurveda, is what we eat, is Dinacharya, how we live our life, right? It's our daily rituals and our daily practices, so if you're curious about, maybe you've got the rest of it down and meditation's like the one thing that you're really struggling with and like the presence project is good to go. But if you desire like that complete system, like you want your life to feel like this expression, you want your life to feel vibrant. You want to feel calm. You want to feel in integrity. I would say, I, I would take a look at embodied Ayurveda. So I will take a look and I will put that in there as well um, to help you really integrate the entire system of yoga and Ayurveda, which were always designed. Ayurveda was always designed to support meditators and yogis and people who are committed to higher consciousness in getting their body and mind and integrity in getting our body. We talked earlier about moving into sattva. And so Ayurveda was designed to make our body and our mind more sattvic through the foods that we eat, the lifestyle practices that we do, and, you know, just the different rituals and practices that are more in alignment with Ayurveda. We always say that Ayurveda is the medicine and yoga asana, well, not yoga asana, the entire scope of yoga is the practice and is the sadhana. And so for me, EA is the way of like integrating and bringing those two things together to help you live a life that is truly in alignment with who you desire to be, having more calm, having more energy, um, and really feeling more connected to yourself and to consciousness. So ultimately my deep vision for everyone who takes EA or who comes into any of our programs, it's like, there's this, there's this why that's rooted in, I want to feel good. <laughs> there's a why that's rooted in, I want my body to feel vibrant. I want my body to feel healthy and strong, but there's a deeper why there's a deeper why behind. Why do you want your body to feel strong? Why do you want your yourself to feel vibrant? And for the people I work with, it tends to be, they want, they know they're here for something more. They know they're here for this like bigger purpose. And maybe right now they're not living at that purpose. Maybe right now you've got this vision, you've got this thing, this business, this idea, this blog, this book you want to write, this thing you want to do, but you're not doing it because you're tired and you're disconnected and your mind is filled with all of the things. And you want to get that out of the way because you know, you know that this is the time, that this is your time, right? So those, that's the deeper why for many of the people that I work with. And so if that resonates with you, like I said, I really would love for you to reach out, take a look at Embodied Ayurveda, see if it feels like it's up your alley, see if it feels like it is in alignment for you. 
once again, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. I hope to see you again on a live sometime soon. And I hope that this was helpful. So let me know if this was helpful as well. All right, my loves, have a wonderful day and we will chat soon. Bye.